This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. What's up, what's up, everybody? Ricky Whitmer here, along with the Mark Weber. Dub them East. And we're back. The onside kick after Super Bowl Sunday. And Mark, today's a special day. Sure well, I know, is. You know why today. I don't have to tell it's you. because we're both wearing red. Why today's a special day. We are both wearing red, but yep. it's our birthday. It is the onside kick's birthday. This is our anniversary podcast. This is where it all started. It started the, the what was it, Monday or Tuesday after the Super Bowl in 2011, mm-hmm. or was that 2012? Whatever. The second time the Giants beat the Patriots, that's where the onside kick started. So it's our birthday, our anniversary here. A fun podcast. We got a jam-packed show looking at the Patriots and Colts after the Josh McDaniels decision just fell into our laps moment, moments before we were going to record. We're going to look at Kirk Cousins because I got to talk a little bit about it You have yet to give your opinions on Kirk Cousins, so we're going to dive into what teams he could go to, what's the best chance for Kirk Cousins to win and sign, and then we're going to look at Matt Patricia being the head coach of the Detroit Lions. But before we get into everything, and I welcome in Christian, let's go through some housekeeping. Number one, if you want to be like Christian, who's going to join us in two seconds, Check out patreon.com backslash most valuable podcast. It's how you help and support the channel to make sure we can do what we do each and every day. Number two, you want to get yourself an MVP t-shirt that is down below in the description with the distru- instructions, not the destructions, instructions on how to do that. Third, go ahead and bookmark most valuable podcast so you have everything at your fingertips. And last but not least, if you're on iTunes, you listen to Apple Podcasts, have an iTunes account, make sure to go give the onside kick a five-star rating. It would mean the world to us. And now I get to welcome in Christian. How are you doing today, buddy? Doing good, doing good. Excited to be on, especially with this McDaniels news. And yeah, I'm excited. And this fell right into our laps. And I'm just going to start it right away. We're going to talk about what it means for the Patriots, what it means for the Colts. So I'm going to throw it over to you, Christian, to start. Josh McDaniels no longer going to the Colts. He is staying with the New England Patriots. We'll start with the Patriots. What does this mean for New England? Well, I mean, I think that ensures him that eventually, some point down the road, that he will get the head coaching job. We don't know how long with Bill Belichick coming back and Tom Brady. I mean, we saw that report coming out before the Super Bowl, how there's a rift there. We don't know how true that is. But I think at some point down the line, this ensures him that he will be the head coach. This is interesting for me, um, partly because I, I think that it has to say something. There's a lot being said here by Josh McDaniels doing this. There's got to be something going on behind the doors. I mean, sure, you can just say, well, I mean, I got the promise that eventually I'm going to be the head coach. That's great. That's wonderful. That could be today. That could be tomorrow. That could be in 10 years. You don't really know. I mean, Bill Belichick, he's 65 years old. He's up there in age. Uh, but at the same time, McDaniels, he's 41. So does he want to wait five years mm-hmm. for his chance, his second chance? Um, so I'll, I, I love that you bring it up, Christian, because I was not a firm believer in there's this huge rift within the Patriots organization when that first article came out. But at the same time, I did sit there and say, I don't want to completely throw it out right off the bat because the guy who wrote it is the same guy who claimed that 
there was a rift within the 49ers organization and that John Harbaugh would be gone. Um, and I think that at least made me say, well, I'm at least willing to think maybe there's something. And I do think that you see something like this, and Josh McDaniels has to at the very least feel confident that he will get this, the head coaching job sooner rather than later. I mean, he has to because he doesn't want to sit around for five or ten years, right? Well, and that's my whole thinking of as soon as this happened, I thought back to – I can't remember who said it. It might have been Al Michaels. It was somebody during the Super Bowl broadcast or after the Super Bowl broadcast on the numerous – um, post shows that you see, they said if Josh McDaniels was going to stay, because the first question after the Patriots loss was not just the why didn't Malcolm Butler start, but the question was neither of these two coaches, Patricia and McDaniels, have officially been hired by their teams. Do they end up staying? What will get them to stay? And the one thing that they said was with McDaniels, if he is promised the to be Bill Belichick's successor. And they were like, well, ah, that's probably not going to happen. He's going to move on. So to me to hear that Josh McDaniels is going to stay with New England, I know they're not going to report it because they don't want that news getting out. But Christian, I'm going to throw it to you. I have to believe in my head, and of course it's all speculation, but I have to believe that Robert Kraft said to McDaniels, you know what? If you want it, fine. You are going to be the successor after Belichick goes ahead and hangs it up in New England. Well, see, I mean, I can sort of believe that. And the reason why is because the report that we brought up and um, it mentioned that the main rift that if there was one, it was between Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick regarding the Jimmy Duke trade Mm -hmm. that, I mean, Robert Kraft embraced Tom Brady in practice, and Tom Brady just seemed joyful and more happy than he's been in weeks. So, I mean, maybe he did give give him like, hey, he, Bill Belichick's coming back next season, but after that, Tom Brady, both of him are gone. You come back with a clean slate. You pick your own offensive coordinators, and this is going to be your job. So I can kind of see it, but, I mean, is it kind of down the line and tinfoil hat? Possibly. But could it happen? I can still see it happening. The thing on the other side, Mark, I know you said this, was here's the devil's advocate side. How long is Tom Brady going to be there? Like, yep. I'm assuming Tom Brady's going to come back because I don't think Tom Brady's going to reverse Jordan or um, he's not going to reverse Jordan, reverse um, Elway, where they won it, won a championship, walked off. We never saw him again. Well, Jordan, we did. But walk off, we never saw him again. We Hinting, pretend we wink, didn't wink, see Nudge, Jordan. nudge. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think Tom Brady is going to go the route of Brett Favre. Where Look at Brett Favre. I know he didn't get to a Super Bowl, but that first year with the Vikings got pretty damn close, broke himself, and then we saw the second season of, like, that was the one where we get the, it was a full-page paper here in Chicago of just Erlacher just standing over Brett Favre in the outdoor stadium of TCF Bank Stadium where the Golden Gophers play because he just got massacred in that week 17 or 16 game that year. You don't know how long Tom's going to be there. You don't know how long Bill's going to stick around because I would think Tom would be done before Bill would be done. And like Christian said, they don't have Jimmy G anymore. So it's like 
what are you really getting? Are you it's like, are you getting this brand new Porsche or it's like, hey, I got this used car that's been through a lot. It used to be really freaking good. But here you go, I guess. You'll see how yeah. it'll run. Well, I mean, it's interesting because, like I said, to me, at the very least, Josh McDaniels has to believe something's going to go his way. Whether it's just everything is great and Bill Belichick is just tired and he said, I only got one more year. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe that's what happened. But Or Kraft just led him to believe that's something that has happened. But to me, it doesn't make sense because, it, okay, you're here. You've got Tom Brady. Bill Belichick's in front of you. You want Bill Belichick gone so you can take over with mm-hmm. Tom Brady. You can be the head coach that wins a Super Bowl because Tom Brady is there. But the problem is Tom Brady's old, and I'm not saying he fell off a cliff. We all know he did not fall off a cliff. He just threw 500 yards mm-hmm. in the Super Bowl. He's a damn good quarterback. Which, according to Max Kellerman, now we have to wait until the beginning of next season to see if the cliff <laughs> is coming. That. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's true. We have to wait till then, and then week one, we got to wait till week two to see if that cliff is there yet. Um, but, you know— you only have a finite number of years left of Tom Brady, mm-hmm. whether it's because he falls off a cliff or whether it's just because he gets bored and says, I really want to go like Jordan and play some baseball right now. <laughs> you know, you don't know what it's going to be. Eventually, I he believe will he was retire. a catcher too. Tom Brady used to be a catcher. I'm pretty, did he got, he's one of those guys yeah. who got drafted. Yeah. Like um, late rounds, I believe. Yeah. Now, eventually Tom Brady's going to not be there mm-hmm. for Josh McDaniels. He wants to be head coaching Tom Brady. He doesn't want to be head coaching whoever they pick up off the street. Hold on one second. Apparently not Andrew Luck. Yeah, well, that was my point, is he had an opportunity to go be the head coach for Andrew Luck. Mm-hmm. And I know there's more involved with, with the Colts, and they're nowhere near a complete team right now. But I will take Andrew Luck over anybody you get in the draft or any free agent that you pick up that's willing to sit behind Tom Brady for two or three years. Here, so that's why I think, at the very least, Josh McDaniels believes the end is coming sooner rather than later. And I'm going to throw it to you, Christian. I just want to interject with this, bringing the Colts into it a little bit because of that. What if a part of it, because I'm looking at an article here on ESPN um, by Mike Reese where he says the main three reasons that went into McDaniels' decision, one is the speculation about Bill Belichick's tenure. How long is he going to be around and there have been reports that Kraft and Bill have an arrangement of this is when I'm going to be done like Bill has told Robert this is one we don't know if that's true but apparently people have said that number two is his family he likes the stability of having his family not uprooting them and moving them like they did to from Denver to St. Louis in three years then going back to New England this would be another move and then the last one is just his fondness of the Patriots organization and everything that he has there, the relationships that he's built with that organization. Mm -hmm. But bringing the Colts into it, the thing that I want to ask you, Christian, is could another reason be, because apparently he was unsure about it after he interviewed with the Colts, could it also be, hey, you know what? I don't think Jim Ursay is really, like, really 100% on this Chris Ballard guy that they got there. And if he's hiring me and then he gets the boot, that means I'm going to get the boot too. And then I don't have a job. Do you think that played into it as well? I mean, it definitely could. Cause I mean, if you look at Jim Mercer's track history, he hasn't really the most stable owner there is. I mean, I think it was earlier this season where he said, Andrew Luck's injury is just all in his head to begin yep. with. So, I mean, there's going to be already there's tension there between your quarterback who 
touches the ball on literally every single play and the owner who runs everything from like how you said the GM to the head coach so I mean if if I was Josh McDaniels I would definitely look at that too which is why a part of why I would be weary and one thing it is the family I mean a lot of times you just look at these guys oh trade just move 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 but I mean like these guys are people too like they have their families and things so I get that part but I would definitely lean more towards the side of Jim Irsay and his handling of things Here's another thing I want to ask you. I'm coming right back to you, Christian. This is getting into the Super Bowl. We're talking about Tom Brady and everything. If Mm -hmm. you had to put a number on it, how long do you think both Brady and Belichick are there, especially with what has happened? We were talking before the podcast about the Super Bowl, and because they lost to Philadelphia how they did, especially with the Bill Belichick, oh, I'm going to bench Malcolm Butler 17 minutes before the Super Bowl, how long do you think, if you're looking into your crystal ball, that both of those guys stay with New England? I say one to two. One to two years. I mean, and that's just being realistic. I mean, if looking at Tom Brady, the oldest ever win MVP as a quarterback, now, the things that he's doing at his age are really remarkable. I mean, you could really account that to his TB12 method or actually just finding the fountain of youth and drinking all that water that he does a day. Um, Can't get sunburned but, if you drink that much water. True. Do you see his neck? Yeah, seriously. But no, I mean, I think it's one to two years. I mean, Bill Belichick's getting older. He understands that there's a timetable on these things, and he sees that window closing, hence the Jimmy Dree drama and all that. But um, yeah, one to two. It can't. It can't. The wheels are showing a lot of tread on that bus. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that is true. After a while, you just can't necessarily keep going. I mean, Tom Brady himself. Um, you know, he can't keep going forever as much as he wants to say, as much as we joke about it, as much as Sean uh, here at MVP hopes that Tom Brady lives forever. <laughs> eventually, he's going to want to do something else or want to just stop. Uh, and it's totally possible that if they had won the Super Bowl, maybe this would have been it. So maybe Tom Brady waits till he wins yet another Super Bowl or waits till he just breaks or until Bill Belichick leaves. Who knows what it might be? But there really can't be that many more years left. I mean, I would think... I would be surprised if anyone thinks they've got more than five years left. Mm-hmm. That would make mm-hmm. Bill Belichick 70 years old. That would make Tom Brady, what, 46 mm-hmm. then? Uh, or no, he's 40 right now, so he'll be 45 um, if I'm remembering right. But So I don't think anyone would say more than five years. So you just start to peel it back like, okay, could they do four years? Could they do three years? Could they do two years? And to me... I still harp back on Josh McDaniels has to believe that it's going to be three years or less for mm-hmm. probably Tom Brady and probably less than that for Bill Belichick. Well, and that's a big thing. This is Ricky tinfoil hat speculation, however you want to look at it. In order for him to stay, kind of like we you said, A, I believe Robert Kraft had to have said, you are taking over after Bill and two, it has to be relatively quickly because the whole thing also, and this is me kind of looking into it, not being in the situation, but looking at it, is that article that we referenced earlier that everyone knows about now, there had been said that there's a rift between Kraft and Belichick. And I know Sean is sitting there screaming at his computer screen that it's all a lie and don't believe it. However, <laughs> let's look at it. Let's just say for the sake of argument, it's true. Robert Kraft to me, and this is how I had it, not explained, but this is how I 
heard, I think it was Colin Cowherd said, and it made sense. Bill Belichick is not, to me, not an emotional guy. He's a guy that, like, look at the well, Malcolm he Butler have thing. Emotions. Yeah. And he mm-hmm. separates himself. Mm-hmm. So, in case he needs to trade you to a Cleveland, needs to get rid of you, he can do that without having any connection to you at all. Look at the Malcolm Butler thing. It wasn't anything emotional in that. It was blatantly, these are the rules. You broke the rules. I'm sticking to the rules. That's what Bill Belichick is. He's a very black mm-hmm. and white guy, doesn't go into huge emotions. Even in his interviews, he gives you dry material. Robert Kraft is the complete opposite. He is very emotional. He's a guy that in his, like, even the way he carries himself, you can tell emotions dictate decisions. Not may- maybe business side, but maybe. And in this case... He has a relationship with Tom Brady where Bill doesn't see Tom Brady as a friend. Robert Kraft kind of does see Tom Brady as he's my buddy. So I wouldn't be surprised that Robert Kraft said, hey, we got to get rid of Jimmy so that I can protect my boy Tom Brady. And I wouldn't be surprised if he said to McDaniels, hey, I'll sweeten the deal for you. You can be the successor when Belichick's gone. And Bill Belichick doesn't know anything about this. If Bill Belichick mm-hmm. doesn't know anything about what is said between Kraft and McDaniels that magically got McDaniels to stay in New England. I don't think anyone is doubting that McDaniels has been promised or at least suggested mm-hmm. that he is going to be the, the, mm-hmm. the successor. No one's going to doubt that. The thing is just that that alone probably shouldn't be enough. Unless McDaniels is sitting there being like, man, I sit in a room with this uh, Bill Belichick guy and – He's going to keel over any day now. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not saying that's happening. Well, I'm just saying he's got yeah. to believe something or have been told something. I'll ask you this. Just looking at this alone, mm-hmm. does this validate even in the slightest what we had heard in that report that there is a rift well, between Kraft and Belichick? It can't validate it because that's – there's nothing well, here. Bring, bring a no, little let me, truth yeah, to I'll, it. Let me finish. Yeah. Uh, it can't validate it because there's nothing here – that says it's not for proven sure. true, yeah. But it's at least adding smoke to the fire. Mm-hmm. You know, we at least are seeing um, something that suggests, you know, hey, maybe there is something there. There's at least a, a second to rethink it and say maybe something is here. Not saying that for sure. I'm sitting there going completely in and say, yep, everything is 100% factual. But I'm at least willing to say. You know, if I was sitting at 25%, maybe I'm sitting at 30 now or 40. What do you think, Christian? See, one thing I was kind of thinking about just as you guys were talking is I'm going to borrow Ricky's, you know, kind of tinfoil hat here. Mm-hmm. Is one of the stipulations that Josh McDaniels had with Robert Kraft for him coming back is I want one year with Brady. I want one year with my offense. I want to see what I can do with, in my mind, the greatest quarterback who's ever played. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe – kind of, okay, Bill, we kind of seen your system. We know week to week, you know, we're on to yada, yada, but maybe that uh, fresh of breath air and everything in the organization would be something good. And maybe that's something that he had wanted. I can kind of see it only because, so ESPN, before we started recording, I said the thing, oh, shocking news. Bill Belichick is um, reported to be the head coach for the Patriots at least through 2018. Mm -hmm. Does that mean, and Mark, I'll throw it to you, does that mean then could 2018, let's just start it right now, 
Could 2018 be the last year for Bill Belichick? And then McDaniels gets his year with Tom Brady to work with his offense, his guy, his crew. And that also is a seamless transition between Belichick to a guy that the Patriots trust. It's possible. Sure. I mean, it's totally possible. I mean, Bill Belichick's going to be 66 at the start of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's 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 very possible that maybe that is the end. And maybe he said, hey, I don't want to be coaching at 67 years old. So maybe they know that already. And maybe that will work. But on the flip side of it, I want to point out that we're saying, will this be the end? And then there's a year for, for Tom Brady. The dangerous thing is there's no guarantees that Tom Brady's going to stick around. True. You know, there's no guarantees that he's going to be mm-hmm. healthy enough to do so. And I know TB12 method uh, and all that, but, you know, eventually the man will stop. Uh, I think it's a – I just think it's a risky thing for McDaniels mm-hmm. to do to hang his hat on. I think all of this will work out. You know what I find coincidentally – not funny, but coincidentally interesting? Ironic. Is Ironic could be a good word too is – One of the big things I heard after the Super Bowl from numerous people was I think it was even one of the Harbaugh. It was either Harbaugh or somebody on um, Football Night in America, that crew that did the pre and post game because NBC had the Super Bowl. Um, It might have been. Oh, shoot. I can't even think. It doesn't matter. One of them said that in order to win this game, he said, I put it at eight, eight quarterback hits on Brady, not sacks, just hits. And they got nine in that game in order to beat Brady. I kind of find it ironic that could next year be the end of Tom Brady, a la we've already seen this with a Brett Favre, a quarterback who, legend quarterback, I'll say, not the GOAT, but legend quarterback, had one of his great seasons at the age of 40 or post-40 with Favre. Yeah. Gets destroyed. I mean, Brady and didn't. Favre Brady, had a better year than Tom Brady did. Brady didn't get destroyed. The only reason Brett Favre didn't win that Heisman, by the way, was because a certain man called Peyton Manning, who won the Super Bowl, won that MVP. Just want to throw that out there. But two, both of them, yes, Favre's was really worse, but both of them got hit a lot in their last playoff game, which were both losses. So, not saying that it's exactly going to happen because history rewrites itself, but. I kind of would find it ironic if Tom Brady, after 40, his career ends similarly to Brett Favre in the same fashion. Gets hit a lot in his last game, which is a loss. Comes back for one more year and is just like, I can't do it. I got to hang it up. I mean, I don't expect Tom to do that because he's way more competitive than Brett Favre is. Brett Favre was a, I do it because I love playing the game and I have fun doing it. Where Tom Brady... Yeah, he might have fun, but it's all about the competitive nature for Tom Brady. Yeah, I'm not convinced Tom Brady has fun. I'm convinced that Tom <laughs> Brady just wants to win. Yeah. Um, but uh no, I sure is it possible? Yeah, I I think you're I think it's reading a little into it because just a few years ago when the Broncos with Peyton Manning mm-hmm. won a Super Bowl, uh it's because Tom Brady got hit a lot. Um, so, you, you know, it could have happened then, I guess, too. I mean, he gets hit a lot because people know the only way to beat Tom Brady is to hit him. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm sure it would it be a coincidence. Yeah. OK, I'll give you that, Ricky, because it's our birthday. It's our anniversary. But now let's flip the script. And just to end this, we talked about the Patriots because obviously he's coming back to New England. What does this mean for the Colts? And kind of to set this up, Christian, I'm going to come to you first. But. 
just to go through a little bit of a Twitter conversation that I had before the podcast. So I saw a tweet waiting for Mark to get here tonight, and it said it was from Ross Tucker from NFL Network, and he said, one, this is another reason why NFL rule that you can't hire a Super Bowl coach until after game is stupid. Number two, I like and respect Josh, but hard not to see that this is hard to see as being very unprofessional on his part. So I go ahead, I quote this, and or I retweet it, and we get um, Twitter follower mine, Shane O'Mac, Shane uh, Reimer, Reimer. Correct me, Shane, if you're listening. He says this pisses me off, and I go. Well, I can see no- number one. I agree with this is a like stupid rule. Like the Colts got screwed over basically because the Patriots got all the way to the Super Bowl. However, Josh McDaniels has every right to back out of it. Although I could see how some people think it's unprofessional. Um, where Shane replies, and this could lead him, being McDaniels, having a hard time finding another NFL head coaching job. With another, with all the other 31 franchises, and I go, I think Kraft promised the Pats job after Bill leaves to him, which means he would not have to worry about that. So, point being, the Colts, it's an open job. They've got now to find somebody, because whether you're liking this decision by Josh McDaniels or you absolutely hate it, they need to find someone now to fill the job. Christian, I'm going to come to you. If you are Chris Ballard, I'm putting big shoes for you to fill. Who's your emergency plan? Who are you immediately calling now that Josh McDaniels is staying in New England? I mean, I would <clears throat> pardon me. I would immediately call um, D. Filippo from Philadelphia, coming off that Super Bowl win. I mean, make sure you hire him if that's who you do go with this time. Um, other than that, I mean, like how we were talking, I think it was the Seattle Seattle's coordinator, uh, Ravel. Um, I would go for him, but I mean, it, I, w- I understand where the frustration is coming from from Indianapolis side because they had a deal in place, and I, I read a report just a little bit ago saying that Josh McDaniels was even calling other coordinators to come to Indianapolis and was offering them jobs nonetheless. So if it, if it's not Filippo, I mean, I would just – you're frantic at this point. I mean, I, I don't even think they know who they're going for. Who would I, you go with, Mark? For me, um, I mean – I'm going along the same line of thinking. I'm going the step above John DiFilippo and, mm-hmm. and saying Frank Reich, uh, the offensive coordinator of the Eagles. Um, and it, it's it's interesting, but it's dangerous too because you don't know who's really responsible for this offensive success. Is it mm-hmm. Doug Peterson, DiFilippo, Reich? It could be any of these three guys. Um, and it could just simply be the fact that you got great receivers and a really good offensive line and a good run game. You know, there's so much that could be responsible for this great offense uh but you don't have a choice you need somebody you know you need to get somebody in there now um and with that being said too i think it's very interesting um and a very bold move from josh mcdaniels i never i never got into this part so i'll I'll say Mm -hmm. it now incredibly unprofessional yes um at the same time i mean he saw bill belichick do it now bill belichick i'll give a little bit more leniency towards with the jets because the jets kind of screwed him over a little bit yeah but the difference there is bill belichick was actually named the head coach that's what i'm saying yeah yeah 
And that's yeah. what I'm saying. But they, they kind of screwed him a, mm-hmm. over a little bit. So I give him a little bit more. The Colts didn't do anything to Josh McDaniels. And Josh McDaniels gave them a big, a big middle finger and mm-hmm. said, sorry, guys. See you later. Mm-hmm. He's already known for being a hothead. He's already known. You're talking about Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels. He's already known for being a hothead. He's already known for not being able to handle and manage very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I sit there, if I'm any team in the NFL, and I'm saying, all right, well, for the reference, check him off the list. He is never getting a job here. I agree. Because he showed you that he is not somebody you can trust. Mm-hmm. He showed you that he will put himself before others. And I'm sure, you know, the family comes into it too. But Well, him and his family above anything yeah, else. Yeah, which is fine, and I think there's some loyalty to there, and that's nice. Mm-hmm. But – you made a promise to the Colts. You made a promise to Jim Irsay, to Ballard. You made promises to us, and now you're going to break those. Um, I I think it's a dangerous move because if things do not work out in New England for him, whether this promise doesn't really start to come to fruition mm-hmm. or he has a couple of years, Brady retired, though, right before, and it's not good, and he mm-hmm. gets fired. Uh, if I'm any other team, I have zero interest in this guy for any anything. And that's the reason why I believe and why I said after the tweet that Shane said saying the same thing that he had to have gotten the promise from Kraft but because the, then why but here's why the thing. would he do that and, and why risk would doing somebody that? who doesn't give a damn about a promise mm-hmm. give a damn about someone else's promise to him? He's saying, I'm willing to break my own promises, mm-hmm. but I believe that Robert Kraft, when he promises to me, he means good on his word. Mm-hmm. That makes no sense Patriot to way. me. You know, <laughs> the Patriot <laughs> way. If I'm going to sit there Hashtag and, not done, right? Yeah, right. And reference <laughs> yeah. one of my uh, my favorite sports movies, Moneyball. Okay. Uh, with the old, the room of the all the old scouts, and they say, how do you know that he's got bad eyes? He's got an ugly girlfriend. That's not the line, but I'm paraphrasing here. Uh, if he's got an ugly girlfriend, he's got bad eyes. You don't mm-hmm. want that picture. Yeah. To me, that's saying this guy is not good at decision making. If he is saying, why would he, why would I have a guy who can't make decisions be my head coach? Exactly. He can't make decisions. Mm-hmm. You can't trust him. He's a guy who says his logic is not lining up correctly. Mm-hmm. If he's saying. I'm a promise breaker, but I believe other people's promises. Now, I'm going to – shifting back to the Colts, you threw out – you were talking about Frank Wright. Yep. Christian, you said mm-hmm. Filippo. I got two names in my head. The first one is kind of like a, oh, shit, we need somebody, but it's only because like – and this one I don't think is going to happen because there's a little history here, but if they can't find anybody – Let's say nobody wants this job. I would not be a. I would not be surprised if they said, "Let's go back to Jim Caldwell. Let's bring like he's a veteran head coach." I wouldn't do it because no. you fired him for a reason. Here's the guy I would look at, and this is interesting because you would kind of hope that you'd be hoping that he would Josh McDaniels the team he just moved to, and that's Matt Lafleur. And the reason why I'm looking at him is from the Colts side of it before I get into the muddy part of it. If you're looking for a candidate, this guy can work with Andrew Luck. He's worked with Matt Ryan, went to a Super Bowl with Matt Ryan. Yes, there was as the quarterback coach and Kyle Shanahan was there. But then he goes to the Rams, works with Sean McVay, who's a rookie head coach, gets to learn from him. I would think learns from him being the offensive coordinator with the Rams. And right now, 
he's made the lateral move of offensive coordinator of the Titans. And everyone's like, oh, he's going to work fine with Marcus Mariota. But my question being is, one, why would you – Mark, we've talked about this before with quarterback jobs. Why would you want to make a lateral move? Why would you want to do that? Like making the lateral move. Like the job that I'm in right now in my day job, most of the people that leave that day job are not making lateral moves. They're getting a job that's higher pay. They're getting a job at that next level somewhere else. They're not moving somewhere but staying at that lateral position. Yeah. Why not go for a guy that, yeah, he might right now be the Titans' offensive coordinator, but what if we can kind of get him away from that and he can be our head coach because that would be a pay increase and he'd be working with Andrew Luck, who, no offense to Marcus Mariota, but Andrew Luck's up here and Marcus Mariota's down here. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. And I, I think that Jim Bob Cooter, maybe that, that's worth a call. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, and and I'm sorry that I didn't have the chance to look it up necessarily, but it, it really comes down to who else did they interview. I know Steve Wilkes mm-hmm. was a, was part of the conversation, but I He's don't gone. think they – uh, I don't think they yeah, even interviewed him. Um, so you missed out on that. That's what I'm kind of getting at. I think they any, interviewed Nagy. He's gone. That's what I was gonna say. I think anybody they interviewed already got hired. Mm-hmm. So you know what I say? I say screw it. If I'm Ballard, I'm gonna make a phone call, and it's gonna be an important phone call. And I'm going to I'm gonna John Gruden this. I'm gonna be willing to give you whatever the hell you want. I'm going to call Nick Saban right now and say, I do not care what it is. I am getting you here. You will be the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. You tell me what it's going to take, and I'm writing the check. According to Pro Football Talk, they tweeted out um, at 6.53 this evening. Source, Colts had feeling this could happen. They have three candidates already to interview in the next day or two, 24 to 48 hours. So, they already have three guys that they could go to. However, like you said, most of the guys have already been hired. Like and I Nagy's think that's kind of it's kind of sad if you're sitting there going, "Well, you know, we thought that the guy we wanted to be our head coach might ditch us. You know, mm-hmm. might leave us at the yeah. altar." Um, that's not good. I mean, why the fuck did you hire him? Yeah. Then? If you really thought that there's a chance he might completely screw you over, mm-hmm. why did you even hire him? And I'm looking right now just to see who those candidates might be. And according to this is Horses Horses Ho Heroes. It's the fan cited um cult site. The two names that they have, the first one they're saying is Dave Tube. I oh. hope I'm saying oh, that yeah. right. Should be one of those interviews. He's the special teams coordinator um, for the Chiefs. The other one is Chris Richards, who um, is former cornerback. He's the defensive backs coach with the Dallas Cowboys. So those are two of the people that they could be interviewing. But if you're a Colts fan, and Christian, I'll ask you this. Are you excited about either of those names, either Chris Richards or Dave Tube? I mean, personally, I'm not because I, I at this point I feel like we had a direction at we thought what we were going to do was solid, um, and then the rug got pulled out from under us. So I think that yeah, they had head coaches lined up and they had names in mind, but it's still a plan B. It's still a backup plan. So 
I'm not happy with it if I'm a Colts fan, and I I would be looking directly. I mean, trying to find answers other than the New England answers, like what is wrong with our franchise? Like, is it Jim Irsay? Is it Andrew Luck? What? Why did this all happen? What What fell through? I got one more. This is what we'll end it on, and I'm going to throw this coach out there. Christian, you'll go first. Mark, you'll go after. Give me what you would think about this hire if it happened. And two, a possibility of it happening. Let's reunite David Shaw with Andrew Luck. What do you think, Christian? Um, I think David Shaw, he would be someone good to bring back. I mean, he obviously knows Andrew Luck. He has success with him. Possibility of it happening? I don't see it happening. Um, I'd probably give it about a three to five, maybe. What about you, Mark? I say no thanks. I mean, if I want anybody from Andrew Luck's past, give me Harbaugh is my thought. Oh, that's a name I didn't think about. It's not going to happen either. I mean, it's the same in line with you my know, Nick Saban. Just call him and say, what do I need but, to do? But I wouldn't. <laughs> Let's call Tony Dungy. <laughs> Tony, football night in America. He might yeah. not want to do it anymore. <laughs> Here's the thing with Jim Harbaugh, which I would only say don't count it out completely, mm-hmm. is only because – of everything that's going on at Michigan right now. Can't beat Ohio State. He has the same record, I believe, as either Rich Rod or Brady Hoke, and he mm-hmm. doesn't have wins over Ohio State. So he could be looking, going, hey, I love this place, but I could be out of a job. Yeah, we've had this conversation before. I think all I need is a quarterback. I think what I would love to see from Indy right now is to pull the uh, the spurned ex-girlfriend move and date your best friend or whatever. <laughs> and go make a, I know that it's basically already confirmed that he's going to stay in New England, mm-hmm. but go hard after Joe Judge, the uh, special teams coordinator for the Patriots. Which some would say, why do that with all the special teams mistakes the Patriots had in the Super Bowl? Some would say, why hire Patricia after yeah. all the terrible defense in the Super Bowl? Well, but, you know, why hire Matt Nagy after that? Yeah, same thing. True. You, you guys do make... A good point, but this is where I'm going to turn it on to you guys. Let us know what you guys think down below in the comment section about the Josh McDaniels decision, what you think Patriot-wise, Colt-wise, and also if you ever want to be like, first we got to, I, I should have done this earlier, we got to thank uh, Christian for joining us. It's always a blast <laughs> having you on the podcast. And if you guys want to be like Christian, go check out patreon.com backslash most valuable podcast, but let us know also what you think down below in the comment section. But, Mark, let's move on into our next topic. Again, thanks to Christian for being on the podcast talking about the Patriots, the Colts, and Josh McDaniels. But we are moving on into Kirk Cousins. And some of you might say, but, Ricky, when the Alex Smith trade happened, both you and Brandon did a deep dive on the whole thing. Yeah, we talked a little bit about Kirk Cousins, but somebody did not, and he's sitting right across from me. So what we're doing is who is the best chance to sign Kirk Cousins, I'm going to just kick it off to you. First off, I want to ask you this, because you weren't in on that conversation that Brandon and I had a week ago. Not who has the best chance, but who would be your number one contender, that Kirk Cousins, where should he sign? Well, I think the the place where I would say, yes, here you go, this is where you can can win it, uh, is Jacksonville, the Jacksonville mm-hmm. Jaguars. I mean, if you walk into Jacksonville, who has a very big question mark at quarterback, despite Blake Bortles actually looking decent in, uh, in that last game, even I'll give him a little bit of the, the one before it too, uh, of the of the playoffs, you know, things were looking good there. Blake Bortles was looking like, huh, okay, you're competent. 
I still call it a big question mark. You put mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins in there, and boom, you're good. I think I even had a tweet back then saying that if Kirk Cousins was on this team, imagine what they could do. Um, and that would be the the dream scenario. And I'm even going to – my next answer, I'm even going to put a little bit dream scenario because mm-hmm. they got to make some moves to make it happen. Um, but the Denver Broncos are the one I think really should happen and the one I think realistically can. But – they need to do something about their salary cap before they can sign, you know, next highest paid quarterback besides maybe Nick Foles. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a bit of a joke, everybody. Um, <laughs> but Kirk Cousins, the next highest paid quarterback. Well, and this is the tricky thing of it is it's kind of a double side because with Jacksonville, it's like Jacksonville's a team I threw out there, but they had just picked up what, the $19 million option for Blake Bortles. So it's like, are you really going to bring on Kirk Cousins while you're paying Blake Bortles that much? a lot of money. I expect if that does happen, Blake Bortles is getting traded. Some team will want to trade for him because of how far he brought the team anyways. And there 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 are some places... That are like I rather they would say I'd rather have him than the quarterback situation we have right now. Cough, cough, Arizona because they don't have a quarterback. There's only However, one place where I think Blake Bortles would work, and you're not going to like that answer. Minnesota. Yeah, that's what you're going to say. Yeah, it could work because it's, of the, our same, it's yeah. the same team. Um, however, Denver. That would be a great spot. Could win a championship with that defense. Minnesota, I think, could be another one because of their quarterback situation, and same thing as Denver. The defense is really good. Then you have the other two, which are basically the two teams that have the most money in the Jets and the Browns. And the thing that I look at that I find so interesting, and this is the differencing, in my opinion, from last week to this week. So last week, during the interview rounds, you know, Kirk Cousins going around to the different spots on Radio Row doing his interviews. And to me, the one that that spoke out to me was the one he did with NFL Live. And he distinctly said, they asked him about the Jets, because the Jets, I believe they're signing um, their new offensive coordinator. He used to work with him um, during the draft process when um, he was with the Redskins getting drafted by them. And he said something very interesting to me. He said, it's not about the money. I've been franchise tagged twice. I don't need to do I don't need to worry about the money. It's just about winning. Yeah, he also threw out um that he's lucky that he has a wife that's along for the adventure and that his mom is a flight attendant so she can basically get a free flight um to anywhere that he wants to go to. But it was interesting to me that he said it's about winning. Because I've been franchise tagged and I don't have to worry about the money. I took that as Cleveland and New York being the Jets, throw him out the window. He's not going there. Because he does, yes, he could make those teams better, but day one he does not step in and make them as close to the Super Bowl as he could be stepping into Minnesota, Denver, or Jacksonville. But I do think there is value in a conversation being had mm-hmm. with the Cleveland Browns to say, you got pick one, you've got pick number four. Mm-hmm. What are you going to put around me to make me successful? Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, you want a team player and all that, but you can say, you can take Saquon Barkley. That's fantastic. 
Number four, what are you going to pick? Calvin Ridley. Yeah. That like, would be, that might be a little reach, but like McShay's mock draft that came out today, he had Calvin Ridley going to the Bears. Yeah. So it's not that high of a reach at four. So it'll be interesting. Um, and like I said, it's worth the conversation just because they have the draft capital mm-hmm. to make something happen. Uh, and, you know, he, the, Nick, uh, I almost said Nick Foles. Um, but Kirk Cousins, I don't think, is the kind of guy where he's going to come in. just got Nick Foles on the mind tonight, man. Well, he's Super Bowl MVP, <laughs> Nick Foles. Uh, but he's the kind of guy, Kirk Cousins, that I don't think he's going to come in and say, let's make this all about me. What mm-hmm. are we doing for me? Um, no, he just wants to win. Yeah, but I think it would be interesting to be able to have that conversation with, with Cleveland. Uh, the Jets, I think, are more of a valuable place to be than Cleveland, mm-hmm. uh, despite those picks, just because I think the Jets are in a little bit of a better shape um, than they are. But at the same time, you really want to play Tom Brady twice a year? Exactly. I don't think so. Um, so if it's not going to be about money, I mean, Denver makes sense because they don't have a mm-hmm. ton of money to spare. I mean, you could go to Arizona, too, because they're in a better situation than Denver, mm-hmm. but they're not in a great situation financially. Um, they're not going to be the Cleveland Browns that mm-hmm. say, how much you want? We'll put an extra zero at the end of it. Here's what I'm looking at. I'm going to run through each each of the three teams I mentioned. Minnesota, I think, is very unlikely, although I would love to ha- love it to happen, duh, because I'm a Vikings fan, and I think that the Vikings are easily Super Bowl favorites at the beginning of the season if they sign Kirk Cousins. The reason why I think it's highly unlikely, one, Zimdog likes Teddy Bridgewater, and two, you're going to have to think about if your management in Minnesota that, hey, you know what, we're going to have to pay Kirk Cousins, but then the contracts on that defense that we will have coming up, one of them being Anthony Barr, like are we going to have enough money then to keep that defense intact? Denver, to me is the most highly of them getting Kirk Cousins, only because they don't have to worry about re-signing most of that defense because that defense is on the second half of its life. Like, they say defense is what? You get four to six years of good quality defense. I mean, look at what we're seeing with the Seattle Seahawks. As soon as you start having to pay these guys on the defensive side, defenses don't last as long as great offenses. Because a great offense, all you need is a great quarterback. Look at the Patriots. How many wide receivers have cycled in for the Patriots and Tom Brady? Yeah, they've had Gronk and Hernandez and a consistent tight end. But how many wide receivers have they just cycled in in New England? That would be a good place because Denver wouldn't have to worry necessarily about contracts on the defensive side because their defense is a little older. And an interesting one... Like Jacksonville, we talked about the Blake Bortles thing. I put out a tweet with our topics before today. The only two responses we got with the Cousins was one was Brandon, the Cleveland Browns will sign Cousins, exclamation point. It just makes sense. The other one is from Alex Villanueva, um, and he says, plain and simple, Cousins and Fitzgerald sound so nice, period. I mean, it does. I mean, it'd be a great spot to to throw some, uh, you know, just highlight reel really is what it comes down to. One team I want to mention because we did mention the Jets um, is a team that's a little bit more long shot. Okay. Um, but same division. That's the Buffalo Bills. I mean, they need a quarterback. They don't like Tyrod. Like, they hate him. They do not like Tyrod. They are kicking him out the door. They're as trying soon to as get him can. out the door. I mean, they benched him this year for Peterman. 
multiple times too. <laughs> that's, well, that's the worst. The part playoff one was because Tyrod got injured. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess that's Tyrod fair. Tyrod did get injured on that last that's drive. That's fair, but they wanted to bench him. I fully <laughs> believe it in my heart. They were like, good, now we can bench him again. Uh, just to rub some salt in the wounds. But mm-hmm. that's one. It's a team that is moving in the right direction. It's a team that if they can start to put things together, they're poised. I mean, sure, they're probably not going to win their division because mm-hmm. the Patriots are there. But they're poised to sit in that wild card spot and make some damage in the playoffs. Kirk Cousins can make that happen. Uh, you're set at uh, wide receiver and running back. You got a pretty good defense up there. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a good spot. The unfortunate part is it's cold. You know, I mean, that's really what it comes down to for Kirk. Do you really want to yeah. be somewhere where it's going to snow a lot and be cold? Here's the thing I also think about, and this will kind of lead us now into the best chance scenario. You kind of mentioned this with the Jets already, is with the division that you're in, and Buffalo's the same thing. Do you really want to see Tom Brady twice? So each of the teams, first off, you see Jacksonville. They would be, to me, a good spot for this because look at their division. The Titans have a new head coach, like, yeah, Vrabel could come out and be what Sean McVay was this year. We doubted Sean McVay, and look at what he did for the Rams. But that division overall, not really high on. The only one that I want to see next year, because they're getting their quarterback and their defense back, is Houston. I think if Deshaun Watson doesn't get injured, J.J. Watt doesn't get injured, that team's not 4-12. and That team is probably competing for a wildcard spot or the division. So that one's iffy. Denver, I think, is a great situation divisionally. You have the Chiefs, who to me are a question mark because they lose their offensive coordinator who calls the plays. They just traded away their quarterback. Yeah, they have met, uh, they have um, Patrick Mahomes, but he's a sophomore quarterback. He's not a veteran quarterback like Alex Smith was. So there's a little question mark there. The Chargers, I like this year. I think that they could be a little bit better next year. The Raiders are a question mark, especially with that defense and John Gruden coming in. Denver could be a hot spot. Minnesota, you got to play Aaron Rodgers twice a year because he's going to be back. And Mitch. Don't forget about Mitch. And Mitch. And then in Arizona Mm -hmm. where you're going up against, yes, Seattle you can say is on the decline, but a Rams team that was really well with Sean McVay and a 49ers team that's just going to add weapons around Jimmy Garoppolo, who has never lost a game. Yeah, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is a little bit more of what I would be scared of Mm -hmm. there, only because, you know, there are flash-in-the-pan teams. Now, I'm not willing to go out and do the hot take right now and say the Rams are the Uh flash-in-the-pan, but I'm a little less scared. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo, I sit there and I say, man, people want to play with this guy. This is going to be a hot uh, a hot team in the I'll future. I'll put it this way. The Rams, none of us at MVP had them that high. Mm-hmm. And even the Saints, the only one that had them with a winning record was Brandon, who had them 10 and 6. Sure. And they went 11 and 5. You and I both had them like 5 and 11, 6 and 10. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting. Uh, I think Arizona's a good spot. I mean, you got a lot of weapons around mm-hmm. him. Defense is not as good as Denver, um, but I think your weapons on offense are better than Denver. Both teams have trouble cap-wise, but they can make it work. They can Mm -hmm. fit it in. Uh, Either one of those, I think, certainly can work. Um, I don't realistically expect the Buffalo Bills to make it happen or the Jets or the the Browns to really make it happen. Um, It's got to be one of these 
one of these teams that are ready to go. My reservation for Denver Broncos over, say, the Arizona Cardinals is Denver Broncos with their offensive coordinators, I mean, with their coaches, with quarterbacks, they kind Mm. of are just this revolving door. And does Kirk Cousins really want to go into that situation and hope that he's going to be the stopgap and say, nope, we're done, here's consistency? Or would he rather go to an Arizona, which, yes, you have a new head coach now, but it's a team that has seen relative consistency uh, through the recent years, especially with the kind of reemergence of Carson Palmer. I want to play a little game. You ready for this? All right. I want you do me a favor. On your computer, pull up a um, Google Doc or a Word Doc for me really quick because I'm going to have to have you keep track of this for us. Um, we're going to go through, these are not in any specific order. Cause obviously we don't have the order of these games. We only have the opponents for each team. So I pulled up Denver, I pulled up Arizona and I pulled up Minnesota. Jacksonville, I left off only because of their paying Blake Bortles 19 million too much. So here's what I want to do. We'll start with the Broncos. Okay. I'm going to say a team and you say, Yes, we don't know what additions they're going to make, but just with infusing Kirk Cousins into this roster, does it beat? Do the Broncos beat the team next year? We'll start off. You the want Brown. me to keep a tally, or you keep want a me tally to... of okay. the wins? Just the go. wins. So the Browns. Okay, win. The Texans at home. Um, the, these first eight are all at home, by the way. So the Browns at home. Question: Well, we're assuming that Deshaun Watson's back. Yes. So the I'm Browns at the home Texans. are the win. Texans at home is not a win. So Chiefs at home. I'm gonna, they don't have Alex Smith anymore. I'm going to take the Broncos. The Chargers at home. Take the Broncos. The Rams at home. I'm going to take the Rams. The Raiders at home. Mm, John Gruden's a big mystery. Uh, I'm going to take the Broncos. The Steelers at home. No, I'll take the Steelers. The Seahawks at home. At home, I'll take the Broncos. Here are the road games. At Arizona. Um, yeah, I'll take the the Broncos. At Baltimore. Yep. At Cincy. Yep. At Kansas City. At Kansas City, I'll have them split. At LA, the Chargers. I'll give it to them. At the Jets. Yeah. At the Raiders. Mm, I'll split. At the Niners. Nope. That's nine wins. I have my ten. Men, you have ten? Yeah. So ten wins. We'll go with yours. Then we'll go over to Arizona. So, yet again, first eight are home games. And in the comment section, you play the game too. Yes. Let us know. So, here it is. Bears in Arizona. Well, no, you're never going to beat the Bears. <laughs> Broncos. You know that. Um, well, yeah, if, you, if you're if you the team that has Kirk Cousins, yes. Yes. So yeah. the Broncos are one. Is the Bears seriously... Oh, like, I know you're a Bears fan, but seriously. No, yeah. Bears are going to win. Okay. The Lions in Arizona. Um, With Matt Patricia. Well, I don't really care about Matt. No. I'm just saying. Yeah. With that, no, that's that, the leadership now. Yeah, that's my, my thought. So in my you're head. saying. That's a loss. That's, a, know, loss? that's a win. That's okay. a win. Yes. The Rams in Arizona. Um, Rams in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Didn't I. Uh, did I pick the Rams sweeping the Broncos or splitting with the Broncos? They only had one game with the Broncos. Oh, well, duh, they're not in the same division. Um, shit. 
Because you're going to have one more with the Rams. I know. I'm just deciding if I want them to <laughs> split it or not. Yeah, they'll split it. All right. Okay. I'm giving them the first one. The Raiders in Arizona. Nope. The Niners in Arizona. Well, no, as in they, they won. The oh, Raiders they, did not win. The Raiders didn't win? <laughs> okay. The, the weird way I worded that. Um, the 49ers in Arizona. I'll give it to them. The Seahawks in Arizona. Yep. The Redskins in Arizona. Hell yeah. Then you have at Atlanta. Nope, Atlanta. At Green Bay. Nope, Green Bay. At Kansas City. That's three tough road games. At Kansas City, yeah, I'm not going to give it to you either, even with Mahomes. At the Chargers. I'll give you that one. At Minnesota. Nope. At San Francisco. Nope. At Seattle. Nope. So what, that's eight? Eight. Eight wins. And then five. I, for a second, I really thought Cardinals were going to get 16-0 or something here. And then finally here. with Minnesota. So the first game we just well, said. Well, I mean, this is going to be easy. Yeah, the first one you gave it to Minnesota, Arizona at home. Mm-hmm. Then the Bills in Minnesota. Well, Minnesota is going to go 0-16, so. They're not going to win a single game. Seriously, Mark. Not a single game. Uh, Yeah. So that's the two wins. Yep. Um, Bears in Minnesota. In Minnesota, yeah, I'll give it to you. Okay. The Lions in Minnesota. I'm nice like that. Yeah. The Green Bay Packers in Minnesota. Sorry, I can't do it. The Dolphins in Minnesota. Ooh, Adam Gase. I don't know about that one. Yeah, I'll give it to you. The Saints in Minnesota, a rematch of last year. We get that rematch. No, the Saints are pissed. They will win that game. They'll win it. The Niners in Minnesota. Uh, No. Wait, yes, I'll give it to Minnesota. That was tough. And then these are the road games. At Chicago? Nope. At Detroit? Probably, yeah. At Green Bay? Nope. At Sorry. the Rams? So at, at LA Rams. At LA. Mm, uh, I'm gonna let you I'm gonna let you win that one if you're Minnesota. At New England. Nope. At New York, the Jets. Oh, if it's the Jets, obviously. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Jets fans. At Philadelphia, which will probably be the Thursday night opener, I'm thinking. I'm going to yeah, probably. No, I'll give that to the Eagles. And then at Seattle. Mm. I'll, I'll I'll think I'll give you that win. How many wins is that? Eleven for Minnesota. So the two best bets would be Minnesota, based off of the schedules with Kirk Cousins, and then there's many factors into this. Like what so other many, yeah. like what other players are going to add injuries throughout the season? But just that alone, just looking at the schedules alone, Denver and Minnesota are the best bets. However, the best chance I will say to give one. Although the Minnesota Vikings had more wins with Kirk Cousins in our experiment, I would say Denver would be the best chance for Kirk Cousins because it works on both sides. He gets a chance to win Super Bowls. Denver doesn't have to worry about contracts, kind of like how Minnesota would have to. Yeah, I think that the the thing for, for Kirk Cousins to remember is both these are good teams for sure. There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I would be more scared of the quarterbacks that you have to play in the NFC North. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not trying to to discredit well the North, the and, AFC West, and the teams in the NFC West. If you went to like in Arizona, like sure, um, Villanueva was saying. Yeah, like I mean, I don't want to discredit the other the other quarterbacks out there, but <laughs> you know, Aaron Rodgers is a tough one to go up against. Uh, if Mitch Trubisky is supposed to be as good as he is, you got something to be a little scared of. Mm-hmm. Uh. 
And Matthew Stafford is a always underrated quarterback. At least, you know, but if you're going teams, against Phillip Rivers. Both teams are getting new head coaches. However, yeah. the McVay theory. Yeah, if you're going up against like a guy like mm-hmm. Phillip Rivers, at least you think, well, he's probably out soon. Yeah. You know, if you're going up against Mahomes, sure, you could equal him to Trubisky and say, well, he's supposed to be good too. I'll mm-hmm. give you that one. You know, it's just one of these situations here. And Derek Carr, I think, is an interesting case where mm-hmm. looked really good, did not look that good. We don't really know anymore. Now he's the a question mark. The question's at defense, though, in mm-hmm. Oakland. Like, John Gruden needs to do something with that defense. Well, they're just going to run spider 2 wide banana all day. <laughs> Problem solved. Throw it to the fullback. I want to throw out this. Dark horse to end it because yep. this was one that Christian mentioned. I'm going to give him a shout-out here. I love it was he replied to the tweet originally and said, I know Jacksonville's committed, in air quotes, to Bortles, but I'm but if I'm them, I'm going for Kirk. I'm going for Kirk here. He is what could be their missing piece. But before he hung up the phone with us in between segments, he said, the New York Giants, I don't see it. What did you think about that? I would love it, but I don't <laughs> see it. I don't realistically see it happening, ditching, but I would love it just because. Eli to go for Kirk. Get rid of that Eli scrub, you know, with his two Ooh, Super Bowl rings. Scrub. <laughs> and uh, get Kirk Cousins so he can. I just want to see it because I want to see Kirk Cousins go there twice a year to play uh, the, Redskins. the Redskins and say, screw you guys for what you did to me. Alex Smith is nothing compared to me. And go and, and go and get some wins. I just pissed off some Alex Smith fans yeah, out there. And Eli fans for calling him a scrub. I was going to say, you know what Eli and uh, Nick Foles have in common? MVP. They're both perfect against Brady in the Super Bowl. That's true. They're That's both true. perfect against Brady in the Super Bowl. But this is where you guys come in. Let us know your what's the who's the best chance. That's how I want to phrase it. Who's the best chance to get Kirk Cousins this offseason? Let us know what you guys think down below in the comment section. But Mark, let's move on into our final topic. And coming into today, I thought that this would be our final coaching topic that we would have to talk about this offseason. The last coach coming to the team officially and then Josh McDaniels happens. So Colts fans when you guys do make a hire we will talk about your team again. However Lions fans we're talking about your team right now and we're taking a look at Matt Patricia. I'm going to be completely frank with you here Mark. I almost called you Brandon but Mark will Matt Patricia turn the Lions into Super Bowl contenders? Go. I just don't buy it. I don't. I mean, it has so many things that that are red flags to me. Mm-hmm. There are. There's only one Bill Belichick coach from the Bill Belichick coaching tree that mm-hmm. is above 500 in their NFL coaching career. Um, Matt Patricia to me has. It's not Bill O'Brien, is it? Um, it is Bill O'Brien. Okay. Yeah, uh, but even so, he's not so, doing great. Yeah. Um, I mean, let's see what he does with. A healthy, hopefully, knock on wood, healthy Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Um, I I look at Matt Patricia and the defenses he's had, and sure, they've had good moments and they have good players, but the Patriots' defenses have never been amazing defenses. The benefit that they have is that teams are constantly playing from behind and trying to catch up. When you play from behind, you're more likely to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. That's why they're—that's not the only reason, but that's part of the reason why they're able to— play in a way where they take advantage of turnovers and they create turnovers. Uh, I don't want to take away that from him. His defenses have been very good at creating turnovers. The whole 
maybe it's because I'm a Chicago Bears fan, but the whole Ben don't break defense mentality, sure, it can work, but nobody, I, very few coaches, I don't want to say nobody, really are going to go out there and say, I really want a defense that's going to give up a shit ton of yards. Nobody wants to do that. Mm -hmm. You do that because, well, we can't stop them from throwing the ball all over us, but we can at least stop them from scoring. Mm -hmm. It's not your plan A. It becomes what you have to do. Uh, Not for every single coach. Don't yell at me, fans of the Tampa 2, but it's realistically not your ideal situation. Um, And not even to mention the fact that like I said, the Patriots defenses haven't been that amazing, but I, you dared me to say it on the podcast. And Ricky, I will go ahead and say it. Go ahead. Whenever the Patriots lose, mm-hmm. whether it's a Super Bowl, um, like just happened, whether it's a season not going as planned, you know, and they only get to, I don't know, the conference championship instead of the Super Bowl because it's the Patriots. Uh, everybody always blames it on not Tom Brady, the defense. Mm-hmm. They always say, well, Tom Brady did his job, but the defense let him down. So if the defense is constantly letting you down, why do you want to hire the defensive coordinator? Sure, maybe he can get you into the playoffs, but he's going to let you down. I don't know why you want that. Maybe I'm, you know, being a little flippant here. Um, But I just look at it and I say, there's just a lot of red flags that I don't really buy. And Mm -hmm. I've never understood the hype behind Patricia Hell, I didn't understand the hype behind McDaniels, but I at least was willing to give him another shot. I am willing to give Matt Patricia a chance because I think he deserves it. I mean, he's been in uh, the defense coordinator in the Patriots organization for, yes, for, well, he's been there since 04, but he's been the defense coordinator for about five years now, I think. True. Um, so he deserves his chance to go see what he can do. I just don't know if I'm willing to bite yet. So he he's only been the defensive coordinator since 2012. So here's how it all lines up. 2004, he was an offensive assistant. That was the year they won the Super Bowl over the Eagles, Donovan McNabb, and T.O. Style. Then the 07 Super Bowl, or the 08 Super Bowl, um, that was when he was a linebacker's coach. That was the David Tyree catch. Now, that was the one where I'm like, really, are we going to pin that on one coach? Are we going to paint a great play by David Tyree on one coach that's then set well, he was the also Giants like, up? What, a linebacker coach, you yeah, said? Yeah, he wasn't defensive I mean, coordinator. Um, then the 2012 Super Bowl, that was his first year as defensive coordinator. So mm-hmm. the second Lion loss, the win over the Falcons, and then this loss this past Sunday are the only Super Bowls that he has had since. Oh, and I forgot the um, win over the Seahawks. So. Yeah. Two and two as a defensive coordinator with this mm-hmm. team. And the thing I find most interesting is I'm looking at an article here on ESPN. And the headline is, Hiring Matt Patricia Shows a Change of How Things Will Operate for the Detroit Lions. And the thing in there that I find interesting is they um, are talking about Bob Quinn, who's the general manager with the Lions. And in a sit-down interview with ESPN before the 2016 season— He said this. So before, um, not this past season, but the year before. So before they won the Super Bowl against the Falcons that season, he said, it's simple. It's trying to be Bill. I'm not going to try to be Bill because I can't. 
people that have left before maybe tried to be him, tried to act like him, even though their personality might not be exactly like this. So you have to be your own man and being your own way to communicate with people, communicate with the team, communicate with staff. So to try to be Bill Belichick is impossible. I knew when I was coming here that I couldn't do that. I needed to be my own person. Of course, he's talking about himself coming over to be the general manager of the Lions, but that really sets in here as well. Like if Matt Patricia tries to be Bill Belichick light of the Detroit Lions, it's not going to happen. He's not Bill Belichick. He needs to maybe, hey, I'm going to take some things that I learned from Bill, but I'm going to be my own guy. Like I kind of asked Sean on Sunday, like, oh, when he becomes the coach of the Lions, are we going to get the same kind of interviews that we see like Bill Belichick getting? And Sean even said, he goes, no, he'll probably be a little bit more personable and funny than Bill Belichick because he's not Bill Belichick. So really, like, if Matt Patricia wants to make them Super Bowl contenders, wants to have success in Detroit, he's just got to get the notion of being like Bill off the table and away yeah. from him as far as possible. The thing to to make some of the Lions fans happy here who already mm-hmm. called us haters, um, <laughs> they've got great pieces on defense to mm-hmm. work with. You know, uh, Patricia can really take advantage of what they have. At the same mm-hmm. time, there's not much he has to do for the defense, I'm sorry, for the offense here because their offense is pretty pretty set. You know, this is a team that is in a good situation right now. They weren't that far from being able to make a run at the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of the, the common spot for the Detroit Lions to be in is not far from the playoffs but not in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, so... You know, there's a lot of good things to work with. You're always going to be happy to have a quarterback like Matthew Stafford. Uh, I mean, you know, obviously you're going to have a benefit of a guy like Tom Brady in your corner. Well, Matthew Stafford is not that far behind of caliber quarterback. So there is something here as a team. The thing that's going to be difficult is you're going to have to go out there, get the best of a team that has not been known for you know, um, being cool headed. Mm -hmm. Fortunately, that kind of got corrected in a few years, uh, in the few years past. You also have a team that's going to have to go up against some solid teams as well. So it's a, it's a difficult division to play in. Uh, but I do think that Matt Patricia does have some luxury here of being in a team that respects defense, being in a team that, I think we'll be willing to give him the time to actually develop this team a little bit. I don't expect a guy to come in here and get everything fixed in one year, but I expect that the team will give him at least three years to really set himself in place Mm -hmm. and get things in motion. So this is a good spot for him to be in. Uh, This is probably when you take all the head coaching vacancies and you just look at all of them before anybody hired anybody. This was probably one of the better spots to be. Uh, So Matt Patricia does kind of luck into that situation, I think. Well, and the thing that I think, too, also is now with him being in Detroit, I mean, it's not going to be. Okay, it's not going to be exactly like what Bill Belichick had because, like I said, he's not going to be Bill Belichick. But 
part of the things I think of is some of the moves that they made where it's like they get rid of um, the one that I think of is Jamie Collins. The That's the one that sticks into my head is kind of like the microcosm that I'll say here is they get rid of that guy and like Patricia didn't have any control over the moves that the Patriots were going to do because Bill Belichick, yeah, he might have, like, might have, I don't know, I'm not in the room. He might have said, hey, what do you think about this? But really, if Bill Belichick's going to do something, he's going to do it. Like, that's just how he is. And with Jamie Collins, it was, I'm going to move you, and he moved him to Cleveland to make a point. Like, if you're Matt Patricia, you don't have control over that. Now that you're the head coach of the Lions, although it's not a Bill Belichick thing where you're the head coach and the GM, where there's Bob Quinn Quinn is the GM, then there's Matt Patricia as the head coach, I would assume that Quinn would have a good relationship with Patricia since Patricia's been the guy that he's wanted all along and he's been the top guy that Quinn wanted forever even when they first interviewed him. I would think there'd be open dialogue there of like, hey, what do you think? We're thinking about moving this guy. What do you think? Or, oh, what if we go and get this guy? Or, hey, I could use a guy like this. Or, hey, could we look to trade this guy to where there's that open conversation that he might not have had in New England when it was Bill Belichick, up trading him. But this is gone. This is a move. This is a move. And it's like, great. I've got no control over this. Sure. Uh, that could be a good thing or a bad thing. I mean, it could be good for him because now he has some say. Mm-hmm. We'll have to see how much say. Uh, but at the same time, it could be bad in the sense of, well, he's never had any experience really doing it because Bill never let him in the room. Mm-hmm. You know, he never let him be a part of the conversation. That's just one of those things where we'll we'll wait and see mm-hmm. for that. Um, it's going to be interesting here to see what happens, to see if he can be better than many of the Bill Belichick coaches of past um and see what happens with that so i'm gonna have to wait and see Mm -hmm. on it i've never been a a huge biter on matt patricia uh and what that can mean for any nfl team not just Mm -hmm. the lions uh but like i said we're gonna have to wait and see i just think it's very interesting how people love to complain about patriots defenses and how Tom Brady drags teams to the Super Bowl. Yet but people love Matt Patricia. Let me throw this out, and this is the one of recent. Now go back. Jamie Collins is a um, trade option that you can use for this. But I had to look up for Brandon Browner because he was a guy played in that Super Bowl against the Seahawks, the one with the Malcolm Butler interception. Yep, he hit free agency. And the Patriots, basically Bill Belichick, because he's the GM, said, we're not going to pick up your $2 million um, roster bonus that was due to you. It made him able to sign with any team. He goes to the Saints. So is it one of those things where you're looking at it and it's like, hey, you know what? The reason why the Patriot defense, what it was, wasn't Matt Patricia's fault. It was Bill Belichick's fault because of the moves and because of some of the moves that he made around the defense. I will say one of the good ones that he did was bringing in a um, Van Noy from Detroit. Like there has been both ways, yeah. but like Browner, Collins, you look at other moves that they've made. Patricia wasn't making those moves. It was Bill Belichick. Sure, sure. 
but at the same time, his job is to work with the players that he's got. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, which I would say this year, defense at the end of the season looked ten times better than it did against KC Week One. Well, yeah, you definitely got some some good pieces there, uh, and he. I'm not trying to say that they had a terrible defense. I'm just saying that people complain mm-hmm. about the Patriots' defense constantly, yeah. and they gave up more yards than most teams out there because Ben don't break. Mm-hmm. But like I said before, most coaches only employ that method when they don't really have another option. Mm-hmm. They use that because they can't hit the quarterback. Yeah, you know, um, that's why getting a guy like Harrison was mm-hmm. such a big deal for the Patriots because all of a sudden they have someone who can hit a quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and he's not the only one. Obviously, I'm just kind of using that yeah. to make a point. But I'm just gonna have to file this one again as a well. All right, we'll see what happens mm-hmm. with this. I, I'm not sold. Um, time's gonna tell. Well, because I mean, I look at this team and. The one thing that, and this was a stat they threw up in the Super Bowl that the Patriots did really well with defensively. It's like, oh, yeah, overall, overall, they're not that great. But put them in the red zone and they're phenomenal. Or put them in the red zone and they're a great defense, one of the top defenses in the league. The thing I'm looking at now is you had those numbers and the guys that you were playing the majority of the time, you played this year Jay Cutler. And Ryan Tannehill when he was healthy, Tyrod Taylor twice a year, and then whoever the Jets decide to throw out there. Now you're going to get a young Mitch Trubisky twice a year, which, yeah, is he going to be Tom Brady? No, but he's still hopefully going to be good for the Bears. You now get Aaron Rodgers twice a year, and then really the only question mark is the Vikings because are they going to have Case Keenum out there? Is Teddy going to be the guy? Do they sign a Kirk Cousins? That's the only difference, but that's the flip side of that's more of a defensive battle because of how good the Viking defense is compared to the quarterback you're seeing. Yeah, and that's a very very much an NFC North kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So that's something that Lions fans can accept. And they can accept the you know, hard hitting defensive battles. So not not bad in that case. Any final thoughts on Matt Patricia before we end end up shop here? No, I, I don't really have much else to say about Matt Patricia, but I, the, he's a guy who people are going to be watching mm-hmm. very closely because it comes from the Belichick tree and people want to talk about it because we haven't really had a Belichick um, coordinator leave in a little bit. So mm-hmm. we're very interested to see what happens with him. I am very – I'm not going to say very. I'll say I'm excited for this hire. And the reason why I'm excited is because I think it's a good situation – for Matt Patricia to go to. I know last year and even this year when we were talking um, coaching changes, Matt Patricia, especially when we mentioned defensive guys, he was one of the first guys I would mention for that defensive side of the coaches because of what he's able to do in New England. But the thing I love most about it is I'll look at um, Bill O'Brien, who right now is with – The Texans, one of the big things that he had to overcome, and hopefully he's overcome it in Deshaun Watson, is finding a quarterback. They go out and give big money to Brock Osweiler. He doesn't work. Then it's like, oh, we've got, you know, TJ Yates or whoever they're throwing out there um, behind Brock the cock. And then it's like, hey, you know what? We're going to go ahead and trade up and draft Deshaun Watson where Matt Patricia doesn't have to worry about that. 
He's got Matthew Stafford. He's got one of the better quarterbacks in the league. He's got wide receivers offensively. He's got the only question I would say offensively is that running situation that they have. Yeah, Abdul is your start, but I don't know about the Theo, the Zenner, the Washington, and whoever else they threw out there this year. And then defensively, it's not terrible. You've got guys like if Haloti Nada comes back next year, you guys have got Ziggy Ansa. You guys have guys in the secondary like Slay. It's just can you add pieces to that defense and bring over some things that you did well in New England, um, especially the red zone defense is what I would look at. But this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you guys think of the hire down below in the comment section. And also, thank you guys for checking out the Onside Kick this week. A little bit of housekeeping here at the end. Number one, if you loved what we do here, make sure to check out patreon.com backslash most valuable podcast to help support the channel. If you want an MVP t-shirt, it's in the description. Make sure to read the directions on how to buy your own most valuable podcast t-shirt. Go ahead and bookmark MVP at mostvaluablepodcast.com so that you miss nothing that we're throwing out each and every day. And last but not least, if you are on iTunes, listen to Apple Podcasts, go ahead and give the Onside Kick a five-star rating. It would mean the world to us. want to thank Christian for being on. want to thank Mark for being here yet again. want to thank you guys for watching on YouTube. want to thank you guys for listening on podcast services around the world. And as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.